Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Van. What's up? By the time this podcast comes out, you're book will be out too. How do you feel? I remember this 24 hours before. So I'm curious to you, how does it, how, how do you feel knowing that this is it? It's about Uh, to be out there. There's no turning back now. I feel good. I like it. I also feel like Fat, Crazy, Entire Tales from the Trenches of Transformation is available now. We're doing a live signing at 7 Eastern tomorrow, livesigning.com. You guys got to come in. Live signing tomorrow. Fat, crazy, entire tales of transformation. Tales of transformation. Um, I feel exhausted. I am doing so much of this on my own. I'm booking my own shows. I'm, I'm uh, well, not on my own. Ooh, that was bad to say. Kalika Abrams is is helping me. We got a mom and pop situation going on over here. <laughs> um, so uh, it's it's. I am ready to do it. I'm ready to. I'm, I'm in New York. Gonna be this week doing the Breakfast Club. You're in um, New York now. Oh uh, no, I'm gonna be going oh. to New. I, yeah, well now by the time you know. Oh, okay. So uh, doing the Breakfast Club, sway in the morning, a couple of other things. So I'm I'm out there promoting it. May 24th, Jimmy Kimmel live. I'll be on promoting Fat Crazy and Tired. Telling from the bridges of Transylvania is my book. Woo! So jammed up. I can't. Look, Rachel, it's been a long time coming. I would like to thank Krishan Trotman over at Legacy Lit. I'd like to thank the people at Hashat, Hashat, Hachette, uh Publishing. I would like to thank uh, uh, Kathy Gordon. Thank uh, uh, Karen Kinney. Ronda Garrett and everybody that's helped out, but it's been a it's been a long time. Writing the book was very hard. So, uh, did you find it to be hard when you wrote the book? Oh, absolutely. And then doing the audio, you did audio, right? You voiced yeah, it. Yeah, did audio. Yeah. Even harder. Um, really? To read, I to read what I wrote out loud. I think was in it was an emotional journey that I wasn't was. necessarily expecting. Um, it's one thing to write it, and then you you're it's just I don't know. It's just a, it's a whole different thing, but. I was very, I did not sleep the night before the book came out. But once that day happened, it was like a release. So that's why I was curious to how you feel. Like you did it. It happened. It's such a huge accomplishment to write a book. Congratulations to you, especially when it's personal and it's about you. Um, So yeah, it's an exciting time. It is exciting. Oh! Anyway. Too bad Um, I don't have a book to promote on my social Donnie Trudy, aren't y'all tired of asking for a book? Um, the books are Where's on the way. Book? <laughs> the books, the 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 books are on the way. Uh, um, they're all coming out there. This has been something that's been going on. Rachel, I might stop by your house and drop you a book off when I when I have to go to the Grove. Don't be doing today. the pop up. I might be. I no, might I don't be... live over there anymore. Oh, where you live now? Oh, that's my. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, we're on the y'all, podcast. Y'all, we can't talk about it. <laughs> That'd be so funny. If people knew where you live, what kind of people do you feel like will come to your door to harass you? I don't know. I don't want to think about that. That's a thought I don't need going through my mind. Um, 
What is Wait, are drunk, you going to the Grove? Dr- Wait, you're going to the Grove for sign for a signing or no? I'm what, going to the happening? Grove to to get Fat Man clothes. I got to make sure that I go to the Grove and get Nike warm up gear. Everybody, every guy knows that when you're you're not feeling your best, you get some good Nike tech jumpers, and they make you feel like you're still in shape. Also, though, it's not just about that. It's about actively black apparel that I'll be wearing. I just right. got so many pairs of sweatpants now because of my waist. I'm getting, I'm doing good though. Yesterday, good. yesterday, I, Kalik uh, and I went to um, Universal Studios, and we got the VIP treatment there at the Universal Studios. We got the VIP passes. You ever done that before? I haven't. I haven't. I got one thing to say to the people: they should have never gave you niggas money. Is how they was looking at us. <laughs> we rode all the rides. We rode the returns. We rode Jurassic Park. We rode Transformers. We went on a studio tour. And I saw something at Universal Studios yesterday that changed my life. What was that? The Waterworld Stunt Spectacular. Oh, my God. Rachel, have you ever seen the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular at Universal Studios? No, I don't think I've ever really been to Universal Studios. I went... I went to the, they have a Harry Potter world, right? They do. I went to do an interview and then I was on a different set. Some, was there a Tom Cruise movie that there's a set for that I was? Not that I'm aware of. So these are the worlds that they have. Like end of the world. Oh, wow. No, no, end of the world. You're so, so, (laughs) you're just so nuts. No, they have the plane from, so nuts. Yes. They have the plane from War of the Worlds. Yes, which is the Tom Cruise movie. I knew there was a world in it. Thank you. I went to that set. Yeah, so that's very impressive. It's a real 737 plane that they have there. Now, we did that as part of the tour, but because we were on the VIP tour. How many got, times is he going to say it, y'all? We got to Let's walk around. Dinger. You know what I mean? We got to walk around. But I'll tell you one thing right now. Waterworld Stunt Spectacular. Trudy Donnie, have you guys ever done it at Universal Studios? I went and the line was too long, so I just didn't have the capacity to wait. Donnie, what about you? No, I didn't know that was still a thing. That was, uh, that's been around for a long time. Every All of, th- all of you, all three of you, one, two, three. Get your head out of your asses and get you over just there. Went. I don't care. I, I still beat <laughs> you guys. Get over there to Universal Studios and watch the water. When I tell you this was exhilarating, Rachel, this was exhilarating. Okay. There's a plane. They land a plane in the thing. In the water. They land a plane. A plane gets shot out of the water and lands in the thing. They got uh, uh, jet skis. They got people falling like forty feet. It's dangerous. You know what I mean? They got uh, fire. The Water World stunt spectacular. Sea live sea war was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I can't believe it. I'm so I can't glad believe you enjoyed it. yourself. Whose birthday was it? It's Kalika's birthday. <laughs> I can't tell. Did Kalika enjoy herself as much as you did? Uh, yeah, she did. We <laughs> she saw the Water World thing, and she if she was. You know, she's uh, taking a load off right now, but if she was here right now, she'd tell you about how amazing the War World Stunt Spectacular was. It was like an amazing time. You know what? Have you guys ever feel like ever felt like the three of you, Trudy, Donnie, and um and Rachel, the new music group called the Wet Blankets? Have you got you guys ever feel like you've lost your whimsical? You ever feel like that? 
Uh, yeah. You lost. You feel like you lost your whimsical, Rachel. Like you- I have felt like that at times. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't ever feel the whimsy anymore. You don't ever feel the. I didn't never- say. I said I have felt like that at times. I don't say that's how I'm feeling right now. Okay, tell me about. Tell me about how you felt. Because I'm not gonna lie, Rachel. We don't get a lot of whimsicalness from you. You don't. You don't get you, the whimsy. Doesn't happen sometimes with you. You know. Well, the wind. I'm sorry. You when you talk when you're talking about something that I haven't done before, you're absolutely right. You're not going to get whimsical behavior from me. I'm, I apologize. I apologize. But I think the thought warriors have been on this journey with me in 2022, where I've been like, y'all, I'm stressed out. I'm tired. Did I cry one day? I was like, you I'm did. just tired. You guys, <laughs> you I'm did. just. It's been it's been a lot. But you know what? Things are slowing down a bit. And I feel like I am coming to, and um, you know, thought warriors. Do you feel like I'm so, a little bit of a wet blanket? So do you feel this like is I'm a whimsy, little bit of a the, the whimsy, the the you know, the wonderment. Rachel, when was the last time you felt wonderment? Oh, wonderment. When was the last time you felt wonderment? I feel wonderment five times a day. When was the last time you felt wonderment? Do you feel it five times a day? Ah, beautiful, get, Van. I get so wonderific about shit. You know what? To be honest. This weekend. Tell me. I had a really good weekend. Well, one, I went to a birthday dinner. I friend in town went to a birthday dinner. I, it, I didn't know it was a birthday dinner. I thought I was going to a dinner. And it was actually beautiful. He was like, oh, I looked at the menu at the person's house and it said, happy birthday, Rachel. And it wasn't even my birthday, but they had the date of my birthday on it. Then the dinner turned into a party and they had lights and there was a saxophone player. It was like this whole thing. And it made me, I felt like a kid. It was a birthday party for me. And I had no idea that that's what they were doing. Then I feel whimsical when I'm around children. So I love to be around kids because there's this innocence that you just don't feel in everyday life. So I felt like that around the holidays when I was with my nephews, I felt like that this weekend at the LA festival of books. It was a really cool experience. I had a great time talking about my book and doing an interview, but looking around and seeing the families and the kids and all the the different setups that they had. And it was just a beautiful day. And I was just sitting there and I was like, this is so nice. So Van, contrary to popular belief, I had a whimsical weekend. So here's the thing. I'm glad you did. Thanks. I'm not so sure if that stuff is really that whimsical or wonderful. I'm going to be honest. No, no, no. You. you can't judge. It doesn't. It, it, you can't it, judge. It, it, what, it doesn't. That's how I felt. I'm going to be honest with whimsical. you. If you're comparing the L.A. Book Tour, what is it called? Shout out to the Book Fest. I'm, pr- I'm happy that the you guys. Festival of Books. Festival of Books. It's what I books. saw. It's what I felt when I was there. You can't do this. You can't take if my you're joy. You're going you to can't compare take- that to the Waterworld stunt <laughs> spectacular. Yo, a it's nigga, subjective. No doubt, it's subjective. Awesome, real shit. No bullshit. Literally, they flew a plane into the water, and the plane stopped I'm in sure the water, and the water got everywhere. Like this nigga was on this jet ski range. He goes under the water in the jet ski, hits a ramp, comes out that bitch. You know what? Stop fighting. spoiling it for me. Because if I do decide, guess what? I want the VIP tour. Yeah. You're telling me everything that's happening. I don't know what to tell you. I, I got to be honest. And with then you. I won't. And then I won't feel whimsical because I'll be like, I already heard about this. Okay, quick vote, Donnie Trudy. What's more whimsical and wonderful, a festival yeah, I, of I, books, I, or the Waterworld stunt spectacular? Be honest. 
It's all about perspective. Fuck you, I Donnie. I knew that you were going to say that. I knew that you were going to say that. I knew that you were going to say that because you're absolutely He's right. right. Actually, in many ways, <laughs> a, festival, a festival of books is, in many ways, is more wonderment. Because <laughs> I'll think about all those stories. <laughs> Thinking about all of a festival of books. A book festival. Think about all of those stories. It was there. a really cool experience. So what happened? What went on there? Tell me about it. I mean, from what I saw, like I didn't have one. It was hot. But two, but two, Rachel, you're already there. shitting on the wonderment of like. <laughs> see what I'm saying? But can I say no? This yeah. is this is this is actually really important. I met so many thought warriors. Oh wow! I was there to talk about my book, which obviously is about my life, and then touches on Bachelor and a lot of the questions in the interview about Bachelor. But Thought Warriors, shout out to the Thought Warriors I met. Shout out to Megan, who was really into us talking about animal games. Ooh. Okay, really? The animal games thing is very popular. Several people were in my DMs about that as well. No, but it was really cool. You know, like what we do here, we don't even get to do this in person. We don't get to see you guys. We don't necessarily get to hear from you. So it was really nice to connect. And several Thought Warriors were like, when is the live show? When are y'all doing a live show? So yeah. that was really cool. I felt a little whimsical with that. There you go. Meeting thought warriors in the wild, in the wild. was a whimsical experience. So we're very excited about animal games. And Did you speak I, for me? I, I, when I say we're, I mean <laughs> I've talked to Trudy <laughs> Adani about it. Like, like I'm not sure about you, I, Rachel. I don't know if you want to do animal games. Do you want to do animal games? Depends where we go. What do you mean? Tell we animal games. <laughs> Animal games is so important. What, what do you mean? It depends on where we go with animal games. Talk what to is me, it? Rich. What are we going to do with this? What does animal games look like? So this is the format of animal games. Donnie is the host of animal games every okay, every week. They'll love that. Donnie Donnie Beecham Jr., which is a great game show name host. Animal games with Donnie <laughs> Beecham Jr. Donnie Beecham <laughs> um, is a host of animal games. Three contestants minimum of animal games. Me, you, and Trudy. We play okay. animal games. If we have a guest on the podcast, we ask them if they want to play animal games with us. And then in that okay, case, I actually Trudy's really out. love this. Yeah. I really then, love this. Then we can compete and see who knows the most. Animal Games is a basic game show where Donnie is going to be asking questions about animals. I want the Thought Warriors to curate the game show. I want you guys to pick like what questions we're going to ask. And we have to have a category every week. So let's say one week we'll have like jungle cats. You know what I mean? Ooh. One the next week we'll do like whales. You know what I mean? And then the next week we'll do I don't know like woodland creatures. And my good my job is to because I saw this post, okay, and this is a true post from Shaka Bars, who you know it's my man Shaka Bars on Instagram. Uh huh. Uh huh. Shaka, this is after we were talking about animal games, Rachel. Shaka Bars okay. said that most human beings can name up to a hundred different corporate logos, but can't tell you anything about the animals, can't name the animals or tell you anything about the characteristics of the animals that live in their natural world. They don't recognize trees. They don't recognize uh, squirrels and rabbits and different types of deers. Wait, like, and they, as, and, and, if- and they, and they, but they recognize everything about the corporate world, but nothing about the natural world, animal games animals do you think it's because we have to interact 
with the corporate world with these things. We consume these things, but we're not necessarily consuming a tree or a squirrel. Well, well here's the deal. We are uh, consuming the tree. I, don't go there. I get that part. We you are. You know what I'm saying. But you what, know I'm, what saying, I'm saying. But what I don't I'm need saying to know is, the type of tree to be consuming what it necessarily a tree is giving me. Well, if you knew the type of tree and you knew the type of animal and you knew what the animal needed, wouldn't it be a little bit easier for maybe you to have some respect or some reverence? Not if it's a bird. For- name name three <laughs> trees. Name three types of trees. A pine five. tree, five. an five. oak tree, a redwood tree, a bamboo tree, and a magnolia da, 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 tree. Da, 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 time, time's up. Magnolia tree. <laughs> I can't believe you start games. with magnolia. <laughs> huh? Tree games. We could have nature games. So we, we Rachel, I, We're done. I care We're done about here. the world. I want to have I animal games. Then I want to have nature games. Then I want to have race games and this is where we get random whites and ask them black history facts i was well that's actually a thing that's like a thing that's going viral on social media but we should do that with our thought words we should bring like a a viewer's voice and have them come on and uh do that play play that game by the way because y'all because y'all be on us about everything uh white thought warriors y'all get on us about different stuff Y'all don't know who the fuck Marcus Garvey is, and I know y'all don't know. And I'm gonna throw it in your fucking face, <laughs> Clarence Thirteen X. I'm gonna ask you all kinds of questions about Who's Clarence Thirteen X. Aha! 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 We'll be back. Big deal of the day. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello. Help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, Security footage in the 2018 fatal Walmart shooting uh, of the babies has been released. Have you seen this video, Rachel? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so just in case you guys didn't know, in 2018, the baby was on his come up. He was making his way to being one of the biggest rap stars of his generation and one of the biggest rap stars uh, right now. And there was an altercation that took place at a North Carolina Walmart. November 5th, 2018. Um, In this altercation, the baby killed a man. And for the longest time, it has been, well, not for the longest time, but still what happened. It was ruled self-defense. The baby said that he was protecting himself and his family. It wasn't ruled self-defense. That's what he claimed. He claimed self-defense. Well, what was it ruled? Help me out there. What was, what happened? The case was dismissed. The case was dismissed. There was no, there was no, no one found in his, in his favor 
that it was actually self-defense, no jury, no judge. It didn't even get to that point because a key witness at Walmart didn't show up to testify. There was no case. And the district attorney refused to file any charges, uh, any other charges. They dismissed the case and that was it. But okay. the baby himself said it was self-defense. That's so what he was going into. Let's stay there right now. Let's stay there for a second. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't ruled self-defense. The baby says it was self-defense. Right. The DA chose not to pursue the case. If we are talking about a legit capital murder trial, um, to where the district attorney thinks that they have a murderer and they're not confident. I'm asking this illegal eagle question. Oh, oh. Uh, eagle, which is an animal, by the way, which we should know more about. Um, if the DA doesn't think that it's self-defense, would the DA be down to dismiss a case without having uh, what they think is the answer to, to the person's loss of life in front of their face? Like, how could that work? Tell me how that would work. Well, I don't think I, I don't know the particulars in in this case, but self-defense is a, an affirmative defense. So that's what the baby was claiming as to why it's not saying he didn't do it. He's saying he had to defend himself. The state has to have obviously prove it beyond reasonable doubt. So if they don't feel like they have enough evidence, then they're not going to go forward with it. And it turns out, I guess they needed this Walmart employee as a key witness to be able to prove their case. And without his testimony, they couldn't do it. So they dismissed it is what is my understanding of it. Okay. So the victim in this case was Jalen Craig. All right. Uh, And there's now been, or there has always been, and this is something we haven't really discussed. Um, Some contention from Jalen Craig's family about what went down that day. Jalen Craig's family, including mm-hmm. his mother, LaWanda Horsley, have long taken issue with both the handling of the investigation and the self-defense claims from the baby. Uh, police, for example, are alleged to have not interviewed multiple people at the Walmart who are said to be have been acquaintances of the baby. So the family believes that the police did not interview people because they were friends of the baby. Um, Henry Douglas, who's Craig's friend, Jalen Craig's friend, has said that the incident began when the baby was annoyed by being recognized. We know this. We know that the baby does not really like to take pictures with fans or like interact with fans. I mean, I'll say it like that. There have been issues on record before of the baby not getting the baby not getting along with people when they come up to ask for pictures or to come up to do something. He doesn't really dig on that. We've seen that before. Uh, and this particular situation looks like from 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 uh, Henry Douglas's perspective that the baby was getting annoyed, initiated a fight. Jalen Craig ends up dead, but the baby claims self-defense. You watch the video, Rachel. What do you think? By the way, Rolling Stone has done some investigative reporting and released a video that shows this interaction from what they claim, from not what they claim, from what people claim is a different account of what it was the baby said happened. Yeah. I mean, the baby is the baby said, if I'm if I'm getting this correctly, the baby said that he was. Well, self-defense. He was defending himself. He said that he was attacked first. That's not what this video shows. This video shows, at least from where this starts, it shows DeBaby attacking um, not even Craig, his friend. And forgive me, I cannot remember his name. It shows him going after his friend. It shows them in a scuffle. It shows Craig trying to stop it. And then you don't see the rest of the you don't see a part of it and then you get a different angle and you can see the ba- uh, baby shoot and that shot hit Craig and then he he lost his life. 
I got to be honest with you. You watch this video and from the three angles that you're watching it, it coincides coincides with what the family was saying. The family said they see, they saw the video before. The family complained that, I think you stated this, that not, not enough people were interviewed. Apparently, this video wasn't shown to the point of the trial that they got to. So I'm not understanding how the DA had this video and still declined to press charges. Now, maybe they didn't feel like they had a rock solid case. They obviously needed someone to speak to the video that was there. And they did seem that they, it seemed like they didn't have that, but this obviously contradicts the, the baby's version. And from what I'm watching in this video, I'm trying to figure out where was the self-defense because this video shows the baby instigating the altercation. And then it shows the baby pulling the trigger and killing the person who wasn't even initially involved in it. The person who was trying to, it looked like, separate the fight. Huh. Now, uh, oh, go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead, Rachel. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, now there is an allegation that uh, Craig, who lost his life, did have a gun as well. But it's unknown if it was pulled out. The video doesn't show that. It's unknown if, you know, the baby even was aware of that. That's okay. just his story. Well, if the if the if he has a gun, and if he has a gun on him, then the story obviously changes because if the baby saw the gun, felt the gun in any way, he might have thought, okay, they're about to pull out. Let me ask you a question: from a legal standpoint, does a self defense, uh, does a self defense? What do you would you call this a plea or an explanation or a self defense? What would you call it legally? What would you call this? Does a self defense excuse? Does the self-defense, well, what do you call it? What, what, what do I say? How do I say this? What do I say? It's a self-defense. Well, There's a claim of self-defense. I'll put it this way. Yeah. I would call it as an, aff an affirmative defense, right? Because okay. it's something that if proven true by the defendant, defeats one of the elements in the um, prosecution's case. Oh, wow. The eagle is flying right now. I can't believe it. All right. I, <laughs> the eagle is flying. I mean, criminal flying. law, I'm just going to say it's not my specialty, but I'm just saying like that is something you assert that dispels what it is that they're trying to prove. Well, okay. this happened because I did this as the defendant. Okay. So So it's still a not guilty plea. So the the does a self-defense claim, the claim of self-defense, go out of the window if you are the person that attacked somebody? How example, can I attack you? The fight gets crazy, then can there be a lawful reason why I still produce a weapon and kill you and claim self-defense? I think there could, I mean, there are parts of the video we do not see because when you see baby in this video from an angle pull, there's nobody even up on him. You just see him pull the trigger. So you, you can't see Craig, you can't see his friend. So you don't know if they pulled out a gun as well. And so he was defending, I, you, I have no idea, but so yes, you could still, I think you could still claim self-defense because you might've instigated it. But then what level did it progress to? Did right. it progress to a level of, okay, you instigated it. Now this person pulls out a gun and you feel like you need to defend yourself. I think there could be an argument that there was self-defense. We don't see the whole fight in its entirety. Right. And, you know, it that was, to be honest with you, the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman situation that happened. Uh, we know that jo George Zimmerman provoked Trayvon Martin, but the way the stand your ground law worked, it's just, I guess at one point, whatever point George Zimmerman thought that his life was in danger, he was in his lawful right, according to whatever twisted 
interpretation According of the laws that yeah. they have down there to pull out his gun and to kill someone who he provoked also, into an altercation. And in this situation, correct. I have to be honest, just to be real with you, as I run this video back and forth, as I watch it, to me, from what I see, uh, Henry Douglas and Jalen Craig look to be walking away from the baby when the baby attacks them. When, 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 like he says, but it switches angles. Okay. What? Do you, okay. Tell me what you mean. So one, I have to note that when the video starts, you do see the baby run up on. Is it Thomas? That's that's Henry Douglas, who's in the who is Henry in a Douglas. Blue, Henry Douglas, you see who's him. in a blue hoodie. You guys trying to watch the video with Henry Douglas is in a blue hoodie, uh, and he seems to have said something and then walked away. And he gets about. I'm looking at it right now. He gets one, two, three, four steps because he's in slides. Four steps before the baby seems to 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 attack right there. To um, run that up seems on him. Run yeah. up on him. Well, no, he doesn't run up on him. He, he no, he runs up on him and grabs him like that. The, and like grabs him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So at that but point, but what it I seems will say if, is, yeah. that's where the video starts. What you don't know is if. There was at any point that Henry Douglas might have put his hands and done something. Because all you can see is Douglas standing his back. You can't see the baby at that point. And then you just see the baby charge him and grab him. So who's to say what happened prior to that? But if we're just going on the video, yes. And well, I'm in no way defending him. Well, I'm not defending him or condemning him at all. I'm just talking about the mm-hmm. video here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the law said that the baby was free and clear of this and it's good enough to me but the video raises some questions you know what i mean so while i'm i'm looking at this and what i'm looking at is it's unlikely to me that there was any sort of physical altercation before this because if there was a physical altercation before this rachel they would still be getting busy like if 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 he had put his hands on the baby before this, like why would the baby wait till he was walking away to set it off? It looks like to what me, if they broke him up? What if what if they were fighting before and they stopped them huh. and he started walking away and he was like, nah, you know, like and went after and broke free and got after again? I don't, you just don't know. But go ahead, let's talk. Okay, let's so talk this is what Henry we Douglas. See. This is what Henry Douglas says. Craig's friend, who's Henry Douglas, said that the incident began. Uh, with the baby being annoyed by being recognized from there. The baby is alleged to have told Craig, alleged, 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 alleged to have told Craig and Douglas they should go outside and fight. Despite his own comments to the police, alleging that instead one of the two friends had been the first to make such a remark. Security footage for the report sees the baby punching a blindsided Douglas eh, and later pulling out a Glock um, and shooting Craig. While Craig is also said to have had a gun on him at the time, it's said to be inconclusive in terms of whether or not he was brandishing it. To me, that's the most important thing. A fight could jump off and a fight could jump off. If a fight jumps off, a fight jumps off. If you're fighting with someone and one of his homies has a gun and then you have a gun, the question is, uh, if you see that gun and you're in that situation, are you within your rights to to pull out the gun and and kill and i guess that's my question everybody would look at the video and go okay so the baby is the aggressor in this situation and you can never claim self-defense if you are the aggressor and my question is is that legally true is that uh, can you still be the the aggressor and then claim self-defense because if you can then i actually feel like some of this is actually being done in bad faith if you can still be the aggressor and claim self-defense the video does actually shed more light on how this altercation started 
which might not align with what the baby said, but it still doesn't really shed any light on why anybody was shot. If somebody else had a gun, no, and the it baby doesn't. Saw it, yeah, so that I guess that's my question for watching the video. Yeah, but like, there's to me the DA dropped the, this case because at the end of the day, somebody lost their life, and the fact that because. As far as I'm reading, with all the information that we have so far, it seems like they didn't have a key witness, and so they just dropped it. Okay, somebody lost their life here. Let that have been somebody else, and I guarantee you, you would have pursued this case with a whole lot more oomph than you did with this. There, that video has somebody, a woman's name listed. That video shows other people around. How are we not getting testimony from these people? Those people were right there. Somebody should have been able to say whether or not Craig had a gun and he was showing it off, whether or not he pulled it out, whether or not he didn't. There has to be some other people that they could have spoken with. So one person, key witness wasn't there. So you just dropped the whole case. And why wouldn't this key witness testify? Why are we not subpoenaing him? Why are we not holding him in contempt for not, you know what I mean? Like what, where is the passion to want to find justice for this man who lost his life? That's the problem with me. And if I'm his parents, I'm devastated by the fact because it does seem like there is some preferential treatment that is being given to the baby because he is a superstar in his hometown specifically. And for for their son, there doesn't seem to be anybody who cares to want to find out what happened to him. Or to but have he some, wasn't a superstar some, then, is my only question. I think he, I would say he was locally. Oh, locally, this okay. Was two, I would say he absolutely was. Right. Because this, they just they declined to press charges in March 2019. I knew who the baby mm, was by then. Yeah, no, yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, question. As the eagle continues to fly high over the <laughs> Please stop. Don't compare me to a bird. Um is this video grounds enough to have this case reopened? If they, you, they if, could and they should. You think they could and they should is what you're saying? For that, for his family, for Craig's family, they absolutely should. Huh. But the question then becomes, will there be enough outrage for them to actually do it? Will the community say, I'm not okay with what I saw. They need to reopen this case. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know. I think people will excuse when it comes to superstars in our community. We constantly make excuses for this for or accept this behavior or certain not this particular behavior, but problematic behavior. I don't know if there will be enough outrage for people to say we need to reopen this case. I just don't. And I think that's a problem. Huh. Um, So. Coincidentally, the baby was involved in a brawl, not brawl, a fight, uh, where he allegedly swung on his own artist during a backstage concert. There's a clip of the baby walking past a guy, artist named Wisdom. This is a guy, and he swings on him, and there's a fight. They actually get a chance to uh, to square up a little bit. This happened in uh, at the Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina, where the baby and other artists were scheduled to perform for Spring Summer Jam 2022. This is, of course, after the baby was involved in a situation where intruders came into his home and he shot an intruder, which, you know, if you break into somebody's house, whatever happens before then is pretty much fair game. Um, oh, after then, should I say, it's pretty much fair game. Um, I have a theory and a thought about the baby. And it's not okay. just about the baby. It's about... Uh, 
sometimes how black fellers think of themselves. Okay. So I, I like I, uh, I I think that there's a certain energy that the baby gives off that it's difficult for him to turn off because of the circumstances by which he was raised and reared. This is not an excuse. This is something that that's deeply meaningful to me. Um, I want to see what you think about this, Rachel. Um, so I was in Chicago. I was talking to this great guy named Chicago King Dave, right? And I'm leaving uh, the Chicago culture. It was a shop on Chicago South Side. And I say to Dave, I was like, all right, man, stay safe. And what did, what do you think he said to me after, after I said that to him? You too. Nah. <laughs> Donnie, what do you think he said? I told him stay safe. What do you think he said? I really don't know. Trudy? I don't know. Okay. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to stay dangerous. Mm. Okay. I'm going to stay dangerous, is what he said. Uh, and I left there. Then I came back and did the podcast, No Cat Podcast. Y'all check it out. No Cat Podcast, good podcast. And I told him, I told him about how that makes how that makes me feel. Uh, stay dangerous, right? There are some out there that feel like there's an element of danger that you have to carry around with you as a black man in order to be safe. Like the baby never wants. I don't think the baby is comfortable with safety. I don't think he's comfortable with there not being uh, a level of heightened danger around him. I don't think he's comfortable with people thinking that they're comfortable around him. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, that someone that finds themselves in this many different things is having a problem chilling. Is having a problem. Clearly. Is is like, is having a problem just chilling out. And I think about uh, like, you know, rap music that I would listen to in the past, right? I think about uh, the, the the 50 Cent song, What Up Gangster? Think about that song, though. That song comes in, you and it, Bo, we in here, Bo, we can catch the drama popping, we don't care, Bo, Bo, Bo. And I think about, like, what those lyrics really mean and what they're really talking about. Um, And, like, the, they're talking about trying to stay safe. That's what all of this music and all of this energy is about. Like, 50 says... They say I walk around like I got an S on my chest. Now, that's a semi-auto and a vest on my chest. And what does that mean? I walk around like I'm Superman. Superman is the safest guy in the universe. Nothing can hurt him. No bullets, no disease. He can't drown. Nothing can hurt him, right? So he's the most, he's the safest guy in the universe. Um, But 50 Cent is saying that's not what makes me safe. They, I walk around like I got a vest on my chest, like 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 I got an S on my chest. I walk around like I'm Superman. That's not what makes me safe. What makes me safe is the fact that I got a fully auto and a vest on my chest. That's what makes me untouchable. That will that that that's what makes me like the the highest tier apex predator is I got these things mm-hmm. with me, this gun and this vest that keeps me safe. What the baby doesn't understand, because like this is not just shit that has happened when he was coming up. He finds himself in these kinds of situations all the time. Because he only feels safe when he's dangerous. And to Mm -hmm. me, when I'm looking at this video, uh, that right there, that feeling of danger being your refuge and the, the fact that you have to be dangerous being your refuge. To me, sometimes that that has you in situations that you wouldn't other world otherwise be in that has you in situations that you wouldn't otherwise see see yourself in. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. when when uh, what's her name's brother, 
uh, excuse me, I forgot her name. I forgot everything she's ever done. Well, what's his name's brother walks up to him. All the baby remembers is that he said he was on site. He could have talked to that man. So, boom, smash him out. Smash him out to let people know that if you say it's on site, then I'm going to come clean you up. And so I've been thinking about this guy. I've been thinking about the fact that all of this danger that we surround ourselves in and this cloak of danger that we put over ourselves to be safe, it ends up with us just hurting each other. To prove It kills us hurting each other, killing each other. Um, for us to feel or us to give off this aura of that's the wrong person to fuck with. And mm. there's just no reason that he should have been, been involved in this situation. I don't right. know what is going to end up legally, but when I look at this video, there was no reason for this to have popped off the way that it did, especially Not when he all. had so much of a career to be thinking about. Could have let this man walk away. But then what does that mean? If you could talk shit to the baby and not do that, does that mean that he's a punk? Does that mean that he's a hoe? Does that mean that he's a bitch? Does that mean, is this guy going to go on Instagram and be like, yo, we did, we said this to the baby and the baby wasn't about that. And does that mean that somebody else is going to test him, right? So, you know, a shooter comes into your crib, you don't just have to, you don't call the police, right? You got to shoot him. Like, you got to slap people. You got to do all of this stuff. Like, how much, how dangerous do we have to be to feel safe? And I was really thinking about that when I'm thinking about him because he can't stay out of these situations where people are getting hurt. And it's just, you can say whatever you want to say. You can say that it's all people from the outside that are attacking the baby. Let's say that that was the case. Even if that was the case, at some point, you have to make different decisions when you have different things at stake. And he's not making those decisions. And that's just the way that it goes. Correct. And maybe, and maybe because he continues to get away with it. I think that's a really interesting perspective that you had. I just think that the baby has anger issues in a Napoleon complex. Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Talk about the ice cream where it's got all three flavors. Yeah, that's what I meant. Do you he's like just that? Got ice- a lot of flavors. So when you say he has no, a Napoleon, because you think he's short, so he wants to kill. I don't think he's short. He is short. How short is the baby? I've only been around him in heels. You towered over him. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, like always, I did a huge mental dance and Rachel comes in with wisdom. That's the way that it goes. Um, that's, I'm sorry, guys. I'm but sorry that I, I'm sorry that I do this huge mental but dance. He's, yeah, like I, I just I can't look at the video of him turning around backstage or wherever they are and and swinging at his artist and say that he felt dangerous in that moment or he felt he danger in he, that moment. No, 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 no. Like he felt, nah, he, he had to be dangerous. But, but, but why in that moment? Cause you can, man. See the SC, you can see the SEC logo in the back. Like you're saying, like this is like, it's like, why you're backstage is behind, like it's some basketball arena. Mm-hmm. All right. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion is is a sit down this morning with Gail King on CBS Mornings. Did you watch this, Rachel? I saw the clips. I did. I saw I saw a majority of the interview. All right. Let's run clip number one of Meg Thee Stallion talking about the 2020 incident in which she was allegedly shot. Well, she was shot, but allegedly uh, Tory Lanez was the trigger man. There was an argument in the car? It it was an argument because I was ready to go and everybody else wasn't ready to go. Mm. But that's like normal friend stuff. Like, we fuss about silly silly stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. But... I never put my hands on anybody. I never raised my voice too loud. Like, this was one of them times where it was like, it shouldn't have got this crazy. It shouldn't have escalated to right. the way that it did. So I get out the car, and it's like everything happens so fast. And all I hear is this man screaming. Is, he said, dance, bitch. And he starts shooting. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, he shot a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I, I so was is so he scared. in the car shooting from the car? Megan? He How is he? standing up over the window okay. shooting. Uh-huh. And I didn't even want to move. I didn't want to move too quick. Like, because I'm like, oh, my God, if I take the wrong step, I don't know if he can shoot something that's, like, super important. I don't know if he could shoot me and kill me. Like, Were you afraid for your life at that I time? I was really scared because I had never been shot at before. Uh-huh. Um, so, of course, you guys know the story by this time. Uh, I guess the contention is there was they all went to a party at Kylie Jenner's house. At some point, Meg, uh, Tori, Tori's bodyguard and Meg's best friend all left this party. An argument ensued. Differing accounts say that a fight ensued out of that argument. At some point, Meg decides to get out of the car and leave. Walk things too hot in the car. Um, and then the incident in question happens then uh meg the stallion is shot we know that the question is whether or not tory lanes is the one that shot meg the stallion uh there's been so much going on around this trial around this not this trial around this story around this particular case for two years now coming up on two years of this um did you have any sort of reaction after this that made you feel in any way differently on either side of it? No, because I've been very team Megan from the beginning. I have believed her. Um, I've vocalized my support for her and I've pretty much condemned anything that Tory Lanez has said. So it didn't really change my mind. I didn't know this interview was happening until it was teased. Uh Uh-huh. So I was a little surprised that she was doing this. I mean, this is an ongoing case. 
they're set for supposedly set for trial in September. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be here pretty quickly. Um, so when she decided to sit down and talk to Gail, I, I, I was interested to hear her, like have her first television interview about it. Um, clearly she's traumatized and to see, we've seen her get emotional, but more so emotional on social media from a standpoint of people not wanting to believe her and coming at her in a way, but to hear her remember what happened and talk about the story and have that same emotion almost two years later. This is a woman who really was traumatized by what happened. And I'm glad that she did it. I'm glad that she sat down. I'm glad that she went into more detail than we, than we learned things before. Like I always assumed he was in the car shooting at her. I never knew that new detail that he was shooting down at her in the window. So I, it was a little tough to watch too, just because of this debating back and forth of, do people believe her? Do they not? And people picking sides to watch her really break down in that way, I felt was a little tough to see. Huh. Okay. So uh, we're going to play the second part, another clip we have of more of Meg account, Megan's accounts from that night. I don't remember everything they said to me, but I remember them asking me what's happening, what, what happened to you. And I didn't want them to kill any of us mm-hmm. or shoot any of us. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I stepped on glass. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't Why did want, you say that? Why didn't you say you shot me? I didn't, for some reason, I was just trying to protect all of us because I didn't want them to kill us. Like, even though this person just did, just did this to me, mm-hmm. my first reaction still was to try to save us. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to see anybody die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just said, I stepped on glass. So when I see people trying to use that against me like trying to like i'm lying oh she stepped on glass she never got shot i'm the one who said i stepped on glass i was lying to protect all of us mm-hmm. and i sometimes i wish i really would have never said that you wish you would have just told the truth i wish i would have told the truth but i if it saved all of us from dying then that's just probably what it was meant to be mm-hmm. huh okay so after the shooting Meg the Stallion says that Tory Lanez apologized and offered her money not to say anything. He said, she says that he said, uh, he's, I'm so sorry. Please don't tell nobody. I'll give y'all a million dollars if y'all don't say nothing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you offering me money right now? Help me. And he said, like, like, and if you're sorry, just help me. She said, just help me. Um, so does it in any way change what you think about Meg's, uh, account that she was untruthful at the beginning of it. No, she was traumatized in the moment. And I think that her immediate reaction was survival. And we talked about this, like, especially as a black woman, you're, you're, it's within you to want to protect. And I think that you have to be black to understand that fear of the police coming and there's a gun involved and you know what can happen when police roll up on you when you aren't even armed in a car. But the fact uh-huh. that somebody was shot and you know a gun is involved, they're going to come in in a completely different way. So I understand that her reaction was, let me protect. Just be, you know, like she cared about the people that were involved. That I don't understand why that's so hard for people to get um, at all. And it's not like she kept that story going for a very long time. She's explained before the, the reason why she felt the need to tell the police she stepped on glass. What uh, And I think it says a lot of her that in the moment she still was thinking that way because I would have been like, he shot me. Right. 
what uh snitch what um <laughs> what, what you want what do uh what what do you think the reasons are for having an interview like this to your point when the uh case itself is still open um you know it, uh, speculating here maybe it was because a lot of people had an opinion on the the rap the new song that she put out uh-huh. and were confused as to what energy is Megan bringing into this maybe because she's tired of the back and forth on social media and fighting the battle there and it's like let me just do a sit down so people can actually understand where I'm coming from what I was feeling my side of the story and let me do it in a way that's a controlled atmosphere rather than allowing this to be debated in the court of public opinion on social media. Yeah. I think she took it to another level when she sat down with Gail. Um, I don't think, I don't think Tori could do that. Well, you think Gail would sit down with Tori? Yeah, she probably would. She probably would. She, probably she, would. Might, she might. She probably would. Uh, but probably. I mean, I don't know at this point, from a Meg or Tori sit, sit standpoint in a sit down interview with either one of them, we're at the stick to my story portion of the entertainment. And I think that that's what the both of them are going to do. The both of them are going to stick to their stories. Uh, I believe Meg the Stallion. Now I've always believed in Meg the Stallion. Um, just because I believe Meg the Stallion, that doesn't mean that things happened the way that she said she, they, that they happened. Uh, that's how I think that they happened, but I'm not above being wrong about that. And I'm not above being duped by someone or being believing someone that I shouldn't be believing. Having said that, I just don't see it. I'm going to be real with you. I just don't, I don't see it. I'm watching her. I don't, I don't like, I can't, I can't see it. Like I, I look, there are a lot of people out there that are using this to, uh, sort of further some agenda that they already have or using this to drive a wedge in between black men and black women. And that's fine. Do whatever it is that you're going to do. Say whatever it is that you want about me or whomever. I can't see her lying in this situation. Uh, I I wonder so many things about what happened and what went on. I wonder so many things about what happened and what went on. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the things that I'm wondering, I don't think we'll ever actually get answers to. Them. Like, I don't think we'll ever actually get answers to a lot of the things that a lot of the questions that I have in my mind about mm. what happened that night. Uh, Do you care to share some of those questions? Um, Sure. Uh, does Meg leave the car because a gun is produced? Is a gun produced only after she left the car? Had there been any playing with a gun in the car before that point? Uh, what did the gun look like? If she saw a gun before then, whose gun was it? Um, the silence of her friend in all of this. There are two other people in the car, and obviously we'll get to trial. I know her and the friend have fallen out. What? Right. What the fuck does the friend think? What the fuck does the friend have? The friend That's was what there. I want to know. The, the, the friend is there. If if he shot her, um, the friend would have either, not necessarily, she didn't have to see it, but 
should have been there to understand what went down. It seems like somebody knows like what happened. What was the nature of the relationship between Meg the Stallion and Tory Lanez? Because we like we thought that it was pretty out pretty clear that they had something going on, but now she says that she never slept with them. So she did? She said she denied that she slept with them. I told you that I did. She had never. It wasn't clear to me until that song. But apparently, the song was about party. The, the, the song that we thought was about Megan, Meg the Stallion, was about partisan Fontaine. So, uh, but yeah, she denied. Um, she denied that they ever had a sexual relationship. So, I mean, we all thought that that was the reason why this all happened. You know, we all thought that this was this this was the, you know, this was the. Uh, this was the deal and you know the if, if the she already has the text messages of him saying i'm sorry i'm sorry for what to tory lane's like what are you apologizing he would for? say for getting out of control well what's what's getting out of control i don't know i'm just i just lord knows i'm not i'm not trying to help him out when it comes to that um something you said that made me think of I don't know. I lost it. I lost it. All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, so uh, in Donnie's Donnie's home state of Michigan, something really happened. Something really popping happened in the, the 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 kindergarten. They're getting they're getting lit. Donnie, I love this that this is going down in Michigan. It tells me a lot about you, and maybe why you are some of the ways that you are. Several kindergartners consumed a premixed tequila drink. At their Michigan school, which acknowledged the fears and frustrations parents felt after they learned of the incident, officials said Monday. No student at Grand River Academy in Livonia was hurt or needed medical attention, school spokeswoman Leah Nixon said. They couldn't drive, though. The incident happened when a youngster took a bottle of Jose Corvo. Mixed tequila drink to campus Thursday and poured it into small paper cups for fellow kindergartners during snack time. Parent, a parent, Dominique Xander said, Xander's five-year-old daughter's daughter was left woozy and dizzy after she had four or five sips of the tequila before she told a teacher. 
We understand our parents' fears and frustrations. Stu did bring one premixed single-serve alcoholic <laughs> beverage that was marketed as an adult <laughs> lemonade to school to share it with four classmates, Nixon said Monday in a statement to NBC News. While we keep try to keep an eye on everything our students bring to school, that's simply not possible. It's unfortunate that these types of adult beverages can be easily mistaken for child-friendly drinks. Questions. Did this kid know... <laughs> That this was a special drink. No, no, no. Here's my question. Uh-huh. He was five. It's kindergarten, right? So we're, we're talking four to six. Yeah. Why was that drink labeled adult lemonade? Who did that? What do you mean? That is, why was that drink, why was it adult lemonade? Did the parents write that on there? And like, I, I'm on. confused. And they had it in their house labeled adult lemonade? Hold on. Let me see. It's, this is not. It was marked as adult lemonade to school. <laughs> it was marketed. Like, it says no, no, no. It doesn't say. It says a pre-mixed single-serving alcohol beverage that was marketed as adult lemonade. It wasn't marked. It was marketed. I got the word wrong. Jose Cuervo. Jose, or maybe I heard you wrong. Yeah. But so wait, was it in a bottle of Jose Cuervo? Did I'm it looking say it, that I'm on looking there? it up. I'm looking Who, at the bottle right now. To me, now. there were t- there are too many holes in this. Like this should never have come to pass. So he brought plastic cups. Did, like what kindergartner says, everybody pull out your cups and grabs this bottle and starts pouring completely unsupervised. To me, there are bigger issues. Okay, so this, this is Jose. How do we make it this so wait, far? Wait, okay, so wait a second. <laughs> this is just to let so, so Rachel can see it. This is Jose Cuervo. Uh, can you I see that? I can't see it because of your. This oh, is hold on. Let me take it off because of your background. This is Jose Cuervo. Uh, adult lemonade right now. This is it. Can you see that? That's the yes. pink lemonade version of it. And then there is okay. another one. Uh, and they, these are pink lemonade margaritas right here. Okay. You know I mean, Jose, okay. Jose Cuervo. Um. And there's more of them. I mean, this is a thing that happens. They got they got a sparkling Paloma. I love his cut water. <laughs> I drink a cut water in a can. You know what I mean? I, I love a cut water. So, I mean, there's Mike's Heart lemonade. Kids know what lemonade is, but they don't. But they don't. A lot of times, they I don't understand. get it. That there's alcohol in the lemonade. I understand seeing a pretty bottle, a colorful bottle. You think that that's some punch, and I understand how a kid could take it and put it in his bag and come to school. What I don't understand is how he had time to get everybody to pull out their plastic cups, open the, pull the bottle out of his bag, open it up and continue to pour it up. Nobody saw they were drinking out of it. Okay. So he had to, it's not like he pulled it out and they stopped him. They took sips, several sips. What is wrong with the supervision in this school? That's the bigger problem. How did this child get this far in, in this happening? So sounds like somebody else. <laughs> sounds like teacher, what? Teacher, oh, shut teacher up! Might have been like, but look, <laughs> go ahead and pour for me a little bit too. Right. How do we get this far? So Help it's snack, but it's snack time. So that's how, supervised. But how many is it super supervised though? How much is the teacher looking at what the kids are eating during snack time? He was pouring it for other people. You act like he poured himself and was just drinking it. He was passing the bottle around. Let me ask you a question. Did this little motherfucker know? Did, I'm, I, I gotta be on. Did this little so. motherfucker know, man? Like, I don't know. He I, said, I'm mommy not, and daddy have fun when they open that bottle. Yeah, did this, did this little <laughs> I'm trying to think back to five. I'm so bad with thinking back to ages. Like, I see a kid that's like five's seven years old, and the kids that's seven years old, and they talking and stuff, and I'll be like, God damn. 
You're seven. Like you got sentences and stuff like like. Geez, I, I, I'm so bad with kid age. Of ages. course, seven year olds have sentences. What? I don't know. I'm bad. They with read. Kid. I know. I'm ba- I'm bad <laughs> with kid ages. I'm bad with it. I really am bad with kid ages. Like a kid will be like Clearly. three years old, and they'll be they'll be like, "Hey, Uncle Van," and I'll be like, "Oh shit, it's a genius!" Like, I, wow. like, I, like I'm bad <laughs> with kid ages. So at five, Wait. is it? You got nephews at five. Is it believable that this kid could take this Jose Cuervo stuff and bring it to school and get lit off of it on purpose? I don't think that my five-year-old nephew would know that. He might know that mommy and daddy like to drink that a lot. He might say mommy and daddy are in a better mood when they drink it. But it's not like it was in a beer bottle. Like I think I think a five-year-old could recognize like a beer bottle, particularly if the parents drink it a lot. Do you but, think that there's a problem with some of these ready-to-serve, ready-to-drink alcohols being no. marketed? And you don't think there is? No. Because I don't think that that kid could read that it said lemonade on it. It says, it's unfortunate that these types of adult beverages can <laughs> easily be, be mistaken for child-friendly drinks. I will say this, though. I do think that there is some sort of connection here. It was what? So... I think the, the arrested development of, you know how they're saying pretty soon 60 is going to be the new 40, right? We were watching the episode of Sopranos. Are they saying Sopran- that? No. I remember, we're, that's where we're going now. I remember watching the episode of Sopranos and this was back in the day when the Sopranos were still on and Dr. Melfi told Tony that really 26 is the new 21 because kids are staying in, like they're living at home longer and because they're living at mm-hmm. home longer it's 21 used to be like hey go start a family get out on your own 26 mm-hmm. is now that age i think that age is probably with the millennials who you know <clears throat> live at home with their parents till they're 40 41 42 43 years old because they got school debt like i think that age is probably moving even forward and i do think i do think honestly that there's not a marketing to children, but there is a marketing to youth that's happening in alcohol and other things like that. It's like, it used to be that Jose Cuervo, tequila, or all any of these things, these were all grown-up drinks. These were all drinks that you, hey, I had a long day at the fucking office. I want a, mar- I want a margarita, right? I had a long day at the office. I want a fucking gin and tonic or whatever. Now... World moves a little bit different. Take the gin and tonic, put it in a colorful can, and it feels more like a young thing. It's all about capturing the youth. Let's do lemonade and make lemonade something that people can get into. So it's definitely younger. I don't think it's for kids, but I think a lot of this stuff, it's it's definitely younger. It's been out there, though. Like Mike's Heart Lemonade, Sky Blue Vodka, it, it, this was around when we were teenagers. My Star Lemonade not, was around when we were teenagers? Was it? Somebody wasn't having a good time. I didn't drink till I got to be I freshman didn't year. To, I yeah, really did. But I was around. I, but it was it was it was absolutely around because I had friends that did. I really didn't drink in high school. But um my all all those malt liquors, Smirnoff ice. Oh, Smirnoff ice was around all, when I was in college. That came out when I was they, in college though. They were around, but see, I was in high school. Right. That was around during those times. So this didn't start. This isn't new. Okay. So was- Mike's Hard Lemonade came out in 1999. And so- 14. Right. You were 14. I was already in college. 
You know what I mean? And so that's and th- that's kind of when I started getting to that stuff. A Mike's Hard Lemonade, a Smirnoff Ice, which I loved. You know what I mean? Uh, Arbor Mist, which was a wine kind of deal. So okay, this- that is way light. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any alcohol in Arbor Mist. Arbor Mist, baby. Ar- an Arbor Mist I would drink. But um, but yeah, so I think th- these things are getting younger, and I, th- I think the kids could could confuse it. I don't know that that's the problem. Not th- a five year old. Um, Listen, the fi- the kid didn't know what he was doing, but he should not have been able to have that much time where he was pouring it up for several kids. Okay, Ohio State student faces criticism for saying that black people are superior. This is an interesting one. According to OSU student newspaper, this is Ohio State University, uh, The Lantern, (laughs) on March 23rd, (laughs) (laughs) on March 23rd, John Fuller, a junior who was a member of the the Ohio State University undergraduate student government assembly at the time of the meeting, made comments while proposing resolutions targeting an all-critical race theory legislation to the General Assembly. Okay. By taking away the teacher of the by taking away the teaching of one race as superior to another, that is inherently white supremacy because white people learn from birth that they are superior. There's nothing that they need to be taught in school that tells them that. I just wanted to say and make it and make I just want to say that and make this very clear. The only people who are taught that they are superior to another white race or white people, white people, Fuller said. And I would absolutely love to live in a world where black people are taught, taught that they are superior. He added that he full-heartedly believes that black people are superior. OSU's undergraduate student president, Jacob Chang, told the student newspaper, The, Lan- the Lantern, <laughs> that Fuller's comments were diverging from our values. Members of the student government who were uncomfortable with Fuller's comments reported the comments to the Office of Institutional Equity. Although Fuller's resolution against anti-critical race theory legislation passed, Chang said that Fuller's theories were another form of supremacy, adding that Fuller's comments were inherently racist. That's the whole rundown. Rachel, do you have a problem with this young man thinking and saying that he feels that black people are superior. Is Fuller black? Uh, I would imagine that he's black. I can't. I was I can't just looking sure. at it because I'm like, it doesn't say, but I was just curious that. Do I have a problem with him saying that black people are superior? Is that, is that your question? Is that racist to you? Is that what is that is that wrong to you to say that? No, it's not wrong to me because that's not. <laughs> It's not it's not what he said. He didn't say black people are superior. He's basically explaining how white people have inherently been. He added that he full heartedly believes that black people are superior. So don't run from the grind. It says it right there. Don't 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 run from the grind. He added added that he full heartedly (laughs) believes that black people are superior. Don't run from the grind, Rachel. The quote that I was looking at was, <laughs> I would absolutely love to live in a world where uh-huh. black people are taught they are superior. Right. He added that he, I see it. He yeah. fullheartedly believes, full-hearted that, believes black that black are, people are superior. Okay. Okay. I mean, 
you obviously can't say that you believe your race is more superior than someone else's. I'm not going to say go that far. But I think that he's like, you know what? Can we even it out a bit? I guess I understand where old John Fuller is coming from. He's just asking for an even playing field. You guys have been taught this your entire life. This is what we were born into. You've been taught you were superior or it's inherently been, you know, it's within you or it's been taught to you. So why don't we just even the playing field a bit? That's what I feel John Fuller is simply trying to say. I don't really think he wants to wear you know, go out here and, and preach that black people are superior. I just think that he's like, wouldn't it be great if for a while we said that? And then maybe we can pass the <laughs> buck and somebody else can be the superior <laughs> Obviously it's wrong, but I think he's really funny. Oh, he's very funny. Um, <laughs> so look when, when people say the black man is God, the black people, black Black people are God. Yes. We are the original man. You disagree with that? You think that Trudy, Donnie, Joseph, Trudy, Donnie, you guys think that? Because this is what I think. This is what I think. Being that, um, being that I believe in a higher power, I don't think that higher power made a superior group of people. I don't. I don't think that, that I don't think that that's the way things were supposed to be. But I do think that black people are the original people. And I think that there are things about black people that are inherently special. Now, sure, I think that because I am one of them. I think that there are things about black people that are inherently special. I think the symbiosis that black people, that Africans learn to live in, in as far as their uh, their surroundings with, I think um, uh, the way that this is before, look, forget about our African ancestors don't forget about them ever. But if we're talking about right now, that's that's him right there. That's <laughs> oh Jonathan Fuller. Oh, Look at him. John Fuller. Committed. Pre- committed. <laughs> He's committed to the idea. Um, I think about even in America, like here in America, black Americans, how difficult it's been to suppress, blot out, and silence the spirit, the will. And the uh, the instincts of Black Americans here, the fact that we've survived and, to a degree, uh, to some degree, been able to thrive in a country that has tried to kill us from the beginning of time that we have been here, is a testament to who we are. Um, I would be lying if I said I had any problem with him saying that, and. I know that that seems like to people that that's a gigantic, gigantic, gigantic uh, piece of hypocrisy on my point, on my part. And it is because he has to believe that he has to be- he, he has to believe that he has to think that in order to climb some of the rungs in society that are going to be put in front of him. Like, He's actually been told that he's been told as a young black man that in order to uh, that it's about him as an individual, that's about him as a person. And it's about it's about like it's not about the situation that he's born into. 
it's not about the situation that he that he that he is in when he's comes upon this 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 earth right that he has less resources that he has that he's born in a food desert that it's up to him to be superior and overcome all of that it's up to him to be better than anything that's been put in front of him he's been told that he's been told that that's what you have to do that um, uh, uh, america being an american is about rising above that well if we all have to rise above that if it's if we're being told that our all that our that our job is to be is to rise above situations placed by systems that are there purposely, then we had damn well better been better than everybody else. They're asking us to me to be in a, in a lot of ways. They're asking us to be better than everyone else. They don't they just don't understand it. Like we're being asked by America to be better than everybody. Because not everybody is born into this and right. and not everybody has to overcome this, but we're being asked to be better than everyone. So the fact that he feels that way, not that it's true or false, I don't have a problem with him feeling that way because he probably feels like in order for him to be in that room that he was in when he was talking to those people, that he's had to be better than them, that he's had to be smarter than them, that he's had to be more direct than them, and that he's had to overcome more than them. So at that point, why wouldn't you feel that way? And if we want to, if we want everybody to feel equal, then maybe things should be equal. Having said that, I think God makes us all in the image of itself and that we are all born equal. You know, when you explain it that way, it's a to- it has a totally different meaning than for him to be proposing an anti-critical race uh, what was it titled? An anti-critical race theory legislation. And then to couple that with saying he believes that black people are superior because what that does is then plays in, sadly, I agree with what you're saying, but it plays into this fear that white people have that that's exactly what we're trying to do, right? The people who want to get rid of critical race theory believe that it teaches you to hate white people because they all, and they also feel fear of losing their power. And they fear that what we're trying to do is quote, who was it? Terry, Terry Cruz that talked about TC black supremacy. So I think that it's all about context in the way that you phrase things. You're absolutely right. How often do you hear black people say you got to work twice as hard for half as much. We have to be great in everything that we that we do just to even make a splash, to even make any kind of noise. And so, and that's that's been the story our whole life, our existence. So I, I there's no doubt in my mind I, that I feel superior in what I do. But I think in the way that he said it, that's when things get dangerous. And sadly, you can't just say it in that way, even though we fully feel John Fuller, Fuller you, can't, you can't say it in that context. And it, cause it hits compl- in a completely different way. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. You want to, you know, you want to kind of do your thing there. But I, you know, I, I get it. All right, Vance, very serious question of the week. Let's go. You ready for it? And looking forward this Thursday to Animal Games, Animal Games, Animal Games. The first official playing of Animal Games is this Thursday, guys. We're going to play Animal Games. It is Rachel versus Trudy versus Van. Donnie Beecham is the host of Animal Games here at Higher Learning. I know I, I'm not going to say we. I couldn't be more excited for Animal Games. I'm not sure I about thought Rachel's. You were doing the very, I thought you were doing the serious question. I'm teasing Animal Games before I get to the serious question. 
Okay. How, Rachel, tell them again how they're going to sub- – aren't you having them submit their questions? Submit. So you can't do it in the Reddit because otherwise we'll see it. You can't do it on social because Trudy will see it. So how is this going to happen? So everybody has to DM – Um, how are we going to do this? Everybody should DM Donnie. Donnie, are you on Instagram or Twitter? I'm more on Twitter than Instagram. Okay. So everyone DM Donnie questions on Twitter. Donnie, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is at Don Beach Jr. D O N B E A C H J R. Hit Donnie up with questions. I think we should have probably like 10 or 15 questions or something. I don't know. Donnie, you. Good grief. What a I, I five, was thinking three. Three. Okay, fine. Three questions. Well, we have to have enough. Donnie, you put together animal games, but like, d- d- shout out to Hit Donnie with what we do at the beginning of the next show or should we do it at the end of the show we'll talk about it but I'm so excited about it end of the show animal games okay Um, now we talked about DJ Envy and his wife and uh, this Van's very serious question of the week and the fact that she said she didn't have an orgasm for 10 years she faked orgasms for 10 years okay she faked them as a woman during sex what's a good orgasm percentage what percentage of the time, Trudy, you can answer this as well. Let's say you have sex with a guy a hundred times. You're in a relationship with him. What percentage of the time do you want to be having an orgasm for him to be a good lover? Wait, wait. That's that's a loaded question, right? Well, because well, because here's my thing. What percentage of the time? Yeah. Do you want to have an orgasm? What percentage of the time should you? Or what you, percentage should you to to make it to categorize him as a good lover? That's Is that okay. What you want to say? That's what I mean. Okay, okay. Well, I'll say. I'll ask again. What percentage of the time should you be having an orgasm for him to be categorized as a good lover? Let's say out of a hundred, what percentage of the time should you be having an orgasm for a guy to be categorized as a good lover? Okay. I have another question. How am I getting the orgasm? It doesn't fucking matter. Like you're, you're, then a hundred, a hundred percent of the Cause, time. Cause you should, cause you could, you should make it happen one way or another. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's the right answer. That's why Rachel. I ask. That's why I ask you because there's really no excuse. It should, it should, it can happen either way or the other. So and one is a lot easier than the other one. So there's right. really no excuse. Right. So 100, so 100% of the time, if you're in a relationship, you a woman should be having an orgasm. Let me be real. There's always room for air. 95. 95% of the time. 95% of the time. Trudy, you go with 95? I'm with the 100. 100. Like, I stand on 100. There's room I for air. Now- you could be drunk. You could be drunk. You could be ninety nine point nine. Whoa, by like the way, commercials. just to let you guys know, drunk, all of that stuff doesn't count. We're talking about intentional sexual sessions. 100. 100. 100% of the I'm time. I'm still going to go with 95. 95% of the time. So, so I nine, can give you some grace. Do you give you <laughs> <laughs> 95% of the time or, or else he's not a good lover. He's got he's got there's room for improvement. Room for improvement. There's okay. there's I I don't want to say you're not a good lover because what is the unacceptable yeah. percentage? Is this ba- hold on. Is this basically like Letter grades, A, B, C, D, F. Is this like a thing? Like if you're in the 80s, that's like a B on a 10-point scale. I think that's a, I think I think that's a better scale. Yeah. I think that's a better better scale. So. Yeah. All right. So, so 
95% of the time, 95% of the time. An A. That's that's an A. You have to be, but Solid if you consider it 95% of the time. Trudy, you say 100% of the time. Every time Trudy Joseph goes there, she wants to get around the bend. It's a lot yeah. of pressure to be Trudy's man. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. You got to be damn near perfect. So let me ask you, yeah. Trudy, I hope you heard that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Trudy, I hope you heard that for what that was. That was criticism what, coming that, your way. From Rachel Lindsay. I hope you heard that, Trudy. Because <laughs> it like that that was that was Rachel Lindsay. That was a small she just broke with you for a little bit, Trudy. She <laughs> she Kevin McCarthy. I'm gonna res- I'm gonna respect my girl's opinion, but I still but, can't put one hundred percent. Like but, I, I don't think that it makes somebody not a good lover if they don't get to one hundred percent, but I do think that it's just like a little indicative of like you might be a little selfish. Like sex is indicative. all about you, which I think guys that's don't true. Think, which is that's not true. right. It's a good point, Trudy. You want me back? Boom. See how that works. Uh, Donnie, what are your thoughts? What percentage do you think? I was Rachel. thinking high nineties. I was with Rachel, <laughs> but you. But I do. You said intentional sexual sessions, so yeah. that actually makes me lean towards the Trudy's one hundred percent. Okay, you better come on, Donnie. And it's true. Intentional does play a big part because that means that you're actually trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, if you, if you, if you're drunk in the stock room, you know, of you guys are in the stock room or something like you know, whatever you trying what? to, you know, the stock room. People have sex in stock rooms. This is the thing. But like, I guess like if a quickie doesn't make you a like sometimes it's like let's do a quickie it doesn't make you a bad lover it's a quickie yeah right you're yeah. intentionally that's why i'm i'm giving room in right. here for this there you go okay so uh, i'll be on the breakfast club this week i'll talk to dj envy about that all right you guys keep your think caps on excuse me take your key think caps off but do not stop learning here's the thing animal games coming up thursday biggest biggest moment in higher learning history y'all if y'all don't submit questions, <laughs> this is just, you don't have no idea how upset Van is going to be. Remember the top of this podcast, we talked we talked about being whimsical. Whimsical. Wonderful. Look at the pure joy on his face. Animal games. You guys, don't let him down. Yeah. Shoot some questions. We only need three. Oh, by the way, real quick, I saw the person, Donnie pointed out the person that wrote the uh the thing about the mountain lion versus the cow. Okay, I saw that. Mount Lion versus... Oh, I have two things to tell people. What? What I have two things to tell people before we go. Okay. Someone put that cows kill more people than Mount Lion. Duh, nigga. People around a lot of cows. It happens all the time. I I love the post because it made me think. But I've been around many cows my entire life. The question is, if I was around that many Mount Lion, what would happen to me? I loved it. Two, second thing, there was a post on the Reddit that was talking about what percentage, like a white man's nigga, who the biggest white man's nigga of all time was. Was Karen Thomas the biggest white man's nigga? Okay. Someone said that any black person that sold black people into slavery, their own people into slavery, black people into slavery, is a white man's nigga. Black people never sold black people into slavery. That's a myth. I'll tell you what the myth is. Africans definitely sold Africans into slavery. But at the time that Africans sold other Africans into slavery, there was no black power movement. 
There was no uh, black diaspora, no pan-Africanist movement. Black didn't exist. So calling the slave trade that originated in Africa, black people serving, like, like selling black people into slavery is tantamount to calling uh, Rome versus Germany in a war white on white violence. It's Rome versus Germany. So we have to be intentional with how, like when we use the word black, black is an identity that really has arisen out of those times and out of a need to be unified with people both on the continent, in the West Indies and in, uh, in the continent, in the uh, uh, Caribbean, should I say, excuse me, the West Indies and the, in the, all of that stuff. Like that's what black is. So there was no, there was nothing to stop you from selling slaves to someone else at that point. It, it indicated no self-hatred, none of that stuff. It was the economy and a world at war and how things went. Had no idea the type of slavery that child slavery was going to be. And I don't know what they would have done had they known, but the black people so, so selling black people into slavery is a talking point invented by hyper conservatives to make them feel better about the fact that their ancestors were slavers and to make you feel worse about the fact that your ancestors were slaves. Okay. Um, take your thing caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan Jr. Animal Games. <laughs> Rachel and Lindsay, you are so serious. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> I can't wait. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.